It is so good to see you this morning. What a great privilege we have of being able to start this service with baptism. Uh, this is always a special moment, and, uh, and we are grateful for, uh, for being able to have the privilege of, uh, of celebrating baptism today. And so celebrate with these two who are coming. This is Mackenzie Warm, and I am so proud of what God is doing in Mackenzie's life. I had an opportunity to sit down with Mackenzie and his family this week, and, uh, and I will tell you, he has a great assurance of his salvation, of knowing that he has given his life to Jesus and, uh, and is taking the step of baptism. I, when we said that you were going to be baptized this week, do you remember what you said? Do you remember what you said right after that? You were kind of jumping in the chair like this. And you were like, oh, I am just bursting. <laughs> and I love that. That is so cool. Mackenzie, this is a special, special moment. All right, Mackenzie, have you given your life to Jesus and asked him to be your Lord and Savior? Yes. Mackenzie, it's by your profession of faith in Christ that I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in a brand new way of living. Awesome, buddy. This is J.P. Stryker, and J.P. couldn't get down those steps fast enough, could you? <laughs> J.P. Uh, gave his life to Jesus a number of years ago, and, uh, but just never took that step of baptism. We, we had an opportunity after a Wednesday night youth service to sit and talk a little bit about um, his faith and to talk about that step of baptism. And J.P. said, I'm ready. I'm ready to take that step. And he knows without a doubt that Jesus is his Savior. And so now he's taking that step of obedience in baptism. JP? JP, one question for you. Have you given your life to Jesus and asked him to be your Lord and Savior? Yes. JP, it's by your profession of faith in Christ that I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in a brand new way. church that is so good thank you for being a church that is always about seeing others come to know jesus christ as their lord and savior it's going to be a great day of worship today that's why we're here let's talk about that at the end of service today and maybe today will be the day you give your life to jesus well, good morning. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just want to welcome you to Stetson Baptist Church. This may be your first time, or you've been here many times. Welcome. We are so thankful that you are here with us. Hey, if you will, we would love for you to check into the service today, and if you could do that, there's a blue card in the sheet in front of in the seat back in front of you. There's also, hopefully we've got a slide that we can put up there that shows the directions of how to check into the service. We'd love for you to do that. You can check text the keyword check to that number and that will get you signed in you may have noticed that if you're in this room this morning it's a little warm somehow it stopped working the air conditioner this morning so we're running at a half air conditioner which is great because it is raining outside and it could be a whole lot warmer some of you in this room are thinking my goodness it feels so good in here you're welcome next week it won't be that way It'll be cold. So we are so thankful that you're here this morning. Hey, a couple things that are coming up we want to make you aware of. First, Upward Basketball is our kids' 
basketball program. It's an outreach ministry um, to our community. And there are some opportunities there. First, um, if you would be able to or be willing to be a coach, if you're looking for a next step, being a coach of basketball is a great uh, next step. Also to be a, a referee. So if there are some opportunities there that you'd be interested in doing, let us know, and we would love to get you plugged into that ministry. It's really, really neat. We also have a sock hop. And if you don't know what a sock hop is, this ministry is not for you. This is for our older adults. They have a sock hop coming up on October 14th. We're really excited about that. Um, Also, we have a concert coming up this Christmas by Point of Grace. It's going to be a really fun Christmas concert. Hope that you'll... Uh, get tickets for that. And finally this, man, lots of announcements. We have a new small group that started tonight, uh, right now for our younger adults and those who are in college. And so if you are looking for your next step and you are a younger adult or in college, we have a group meeting in room 206 right over here. You can leave right now and catch me. I'll show you how to get there. But we have a new group starting just for you. So make sure you check that out. All that to say, we are thankful that you're here. We're going to open in prayer and ask God to bless this time we spend together. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we love you. We thank you that we can come this morning and just cast all our cares upon you. God, I thank you so much for these two young men who have given their lives to Jesus and came before the church this morning to make it public. God, we're so thankful for changed lives. That's why we do what we do. And God, we pray in this room and in rooms like this all over the world that are gathering in worship that you be, that you get the honor and the praise and the glory through everything we do. God, thank you so much for your church and that we get to come together this morning and sing your praises t- together. Father God, we love you and we give this time to you. And it's your name pray. Amen. Amen. How are we doing today, church? Good, good, yeah. All right, come on. Let's all go ahead and stand up. And... Uh, before we get started, I don't want to be ignorant to anybody's feelings, anybody's emotions, but I can't just help but feel the joy of the Lord this morning. And I can understand that maybe sometimes people out here um, maybe are feeling sad, right? Feeling hopeless. Um, and so when you see the expression of joy come off of me, I don't want you to see it as me kind of ignoring what you're going through. And I don't want you to see your situation and what you're going through as hopeless. Because we have all of the reason in the world to hope in the Lord and to trust in Him. Amen? And uh, so, good morning. I love you. And I see you. God sees you. Right? And we're going to sit here. We're going to worship. And every person in here, we're going to give our heart unto the Lord and we're going to worship Him with joy regardless of our situation, okay? All right.
It has been uh, it has been an interesting day already uh, to to have the privilege of of sharing baptism. That's always a special moment, and uh, I tell you, I I wish that I could just somehow channel all of your eyes into mine when I have the opportunity of seeing someone go under the water and come back out. There is just something magical and powerful about that moment. Um, it really is special, and uh, and so I'm I'm just so grateful. Uh, for what God is doing and the privilege of being a part of it. Um, I, it's also been an interesting day in that, uh, it, it, y'all, I don't know if you know this, but it's raining. 
And it has been for a long time and a lot. Um, and we walked in this morning, and we have uh, the beauty of a nice little water leak over here on our north side hallway. Um, and that's the glory of flat roofs in Florida. I don't know who came up with that idea, but we need to outlaw that. Um, that, is, uh, that is a little crazy. Um, so we're, we're dealing with that. And then, uh, on top of everything else, uh, one of our air conditioners went completely out. So if you're sitting on this side of the, uh, of the building, um, and it's a little warm, um, you should be over there where it's less warm. That's all it is. It's not cold, it's less warm. Um, but if you've ever come to church and, and you were cold, um, today's your day. So, uh, so you're welcome. Um, so sorry about life, but you know, there's just a lot of different moving parts, a lot of things going on. And, uh, and so uh, we, we, we have to believe that when God continues to work, that we are going to face some trials and struggles. And, uh, and so that's just part of life. And we're, we're glad to be here. And I'm so glad that you're here. Let's just kind of walk through together. Okay. Um, I am glad that you're here and it is a special day as we have an opportunity to remember uh, all that Jesus did for us when he gave his life on the cross. That's what this Lord's Supper is about. It's about remembering. It's about reminding ourselves that he truly is worthy of it all. That there's nothing that we can give him that he's not worthy of. We are, we are grateful to be able to offer a sacrifice of praise and a sacrifice of worship because Jesus is worthy of it all. And so I'm, great, I'm grateful for, uh, for the, this opportunity to come to share in the bread and the cup, the bread that represents the body of Christ and the cup that represents the blood of Christ. This is a reminder to us. You know, for so many people in this room, we gave our lives to Jesus. Maybe you're not there yet, but a lot of people in this room, you've given your life to Jesus. And some of you did that a lot of years ago, like literally decades, like me. I mean, I, I can look back about four decades of my life that I've lived as a believer in Jesus. And I, and I look back on that, and you know, over four decades, we can forget a lot of things, can't we? And one of the things that we can forget is what it feels like to be lost. And this is a reminder to us of all that Jesus has done, of all that he has saved us from, of the privilege of we ha- that we have of being able to live every day knowing Jesus as our Savior. And so this morning, we, we don't require that you be a member of Stetson Baptist Church to partake in the Lord's Supper here. You are welcome uh, to participate with us, whether you are a member here or somewhere else. All we ask is that you have given your life to Jesus, because that's what gives this moment meaning. And so as we pass, this, uh, pass the Lord's Supper out throughout this room, Feel free to partake. I want, do want to remind you that there are two little cups in each slot. And so make sure you grab one because one will hold the, the bread and one will hold uh, the juice this morning. I, I want us to, uh, to just pray over this meal and to pray over this moment. So if our service would go ahead and come forward, we're going to have a word of prayer. And then we're going to share communion together. Father, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for this moment of, of reminder. Thank you for the remembrance that comes with recognizing who Jesus is, and all that he has done for us in giving his life on the cross. Help us to follow you, God. Help us to be reminded of what it means to have Jesus as our Savior and not take that for granted. We are grateful. And so we ask you to bless this moment and to allow us to remember well. In Jesus' name we pray.
from glory took on flesh to save the lost grace and mercy displayed upon the cross our redemption he's the hope for all mankind one name over everything one name over everything oh jesus song for 
Jesus Christ is Lord, and what a great uh, recognition and remembrance that that is. just want to invite you to, uh, to take that bread and hold it in your hand, or maybe the cup that has it. it. The bread represents the body of Christ. It was the body that was broken, that was beaten, that was spit upon, that was despised, that was led to the cross and hung there and left to die. It was that body that would give up its last breath. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And that would be the moment where the body would be then taken down, placed in a tomb. And it would be that body on the third day that would rise again, defeating death, defeating hell, defeating uh, all of the things that we face in our life, all of the struggles that we face, the body of Christ. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks for it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Somebody does not like communion. The cup also has a representation. It represents the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ was shed on the cross so that we might have forgiveness. The blood of Christ was given so that we might receive forgiveness of our sins. Uh, through Old Testament law, the blood sacrifice was made as a payment for sin. When Jesus died on the cross, he was not giving that ritual sacrifice. Instead, he was giving a sacrifice once for all. Today we still receive the forgiveness of our sins through the sacrifice that Jesus made and the blood that he shed on the cross. The blood represented the, the, the cup represented the blood of Christ. And so on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the cup and he gave thanks for it and he distributed it to his disciples. And he said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful. We're grateful for all the things that you've done in our life. We're thankful for the privilege of remembering. God, it is so easy to forget. It is so easy for us to kind of drift away from the from the awareness of what you have done for us in sending your son, Jesus. And so, God, we are reminded today. We're reminded of your goodness, your grace. We're reminded of the fact that you have given us so much. And so, God, I pray that as we continue to meet together and as we open your word, God, I pray that you will speak to us in a powerful way today. Let us be challenged to live the life that you've called us to live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Well, again, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. There are a lot of things going on around you, um, and uh, so I'm grateful. Uh, I do want to take just a, a minute. We're going to continue in Esther chapter 8 today. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and start turning with me to Esther chapter 8. Um, but I do want to take just a second before we, uh, before we open God's Word and, and, and begin there. Um, first of all, I want to thank uh, Caleb for leading us this morning and for through this time as, uh, as Rick, uh, our worship pastor, has been out. Uh, Caleb's done a great job of leadership a couple of weeks ago, today, uh, and then last week. We had a wonderful service with, uh, with David and Mark uh, coming to lead us. Had a great concert last Sunday night. I hope that you were able to be a part of some of that. It was, uh, it was a special, special time uh, in our church. Uh, Rick and his wife are, are celebrating an anniversary by uh, something that can only be described as a European tour. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's quite a vacation as much as they're working a lot to get from one place to the next and taking lots and lots and lots of pictures. Um, but this is something that, that, uh, that he knew was on the way uh, when he came on to be a part of our, our uh, staff back um, in uh, earlier this year. And so we just are so excited about being able to honor that and grateful for him and grateful for the leadership that we've had. Uh, I just really believe that's the way the body of Christ should work, that when there's an absence, somebody is ready to step in. And, uh, and so it may not always be exactly the same as it always was, but it is always very special um, to see God's, God's uh, work in that. Yeah, amen. That said, um, we are really grateful, and, and at the same time, we'll be grateful to have Rick back next week, so, uh, so he'll be back with us uh, next Sunday, and you'll see him kind of step right back in, uh, lots of good things happening. And then also, I just want to take just a minute, um, we celebrated something last month, and there's just been a lot of things that have happened uh, that have kept us from this recognition, but last month, we celebrated 10 years of service uh, for Stephanie McShane uh, as our office manager, and Church, that is not something just to be scoffed at. I mean, 10 years of service, 10 years in any, really any job, but especially serving in the church is, is really something to be honored and to, and to be appreciated. And uh, Stephanie does a lot of work around here. She is very involved in the background of a ton of the things that you experience. You may not always see her at work. Well, you always see her at work, but you may not always see the things that she does. But trust me when I say so many of the things that we do around this church really um, hinge on, on her effort and her organization, her administration. So I'm just so grateful for her. When you see her, would you please just offer her a word of congratulations and gratitude for 10 years, 10 years of service within the church. And then not the least of which, yeah, amen, that's good. And of and not the least of which, uh, the bread that you just ate is a part of communion she baked. So, uh, so that's, that's like an extra and, uh, and, and a, real, a real bonus. I'm really grateful uh, for her. So anyway, all that to say, we are turned now to Esther chapter 8. This is an interesting part of the story. And the reason it's interesting, some of you have read books like this, where you kind of read a book and it was a mystery novel or it was a whodunit or it was a, okay, something's about to happen and all of these different things are kind of coming around all at the same time. And, and, and then you you get to where the mystery is solved and everything is finished and everything is completed, but there's still four chapters left. And you're like, what is going to happen in those four chapters? And, and sometimes you kind of slog through them because it's just kind of tying up loose ends. You're like, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. And that can be a little bit like Esther is when we get to chapter 7, moving into chapter 8. Because if you remember, if you've been with us, in Esther chapter 7, 
the, the plot of Haman, the, the enemy of the story, is revealed. The Jews, or, or Esther, is spared. Her life is spared. Haman is hung on the gallows that he had prepared for his enemy, Mordecai. And everything is just kind of solved. And then there's chapters 8, 9, and 10. And you're thinking, what in the world is going to be said in those chapters? And, and, and you would kind of be, be right to think of that way. It, it, it really can seem like, okay, the after story. Or what else is there to say? But there is more to say. There is more to learn. Before we get started in the scripture, I want to ask you this question. I want you to just think about it. Maybe you, maybe you think about it through the entire time that we have together today. This is the question I want you to consider. Who was it that led you to Jesus? Who was it that led you to come to know the Lord? Who was it that told you what it means to ask Jesus to come into your heart and to be your Savior? You might be seated around that person. It might be a parent. It might be a friend. It might be a family member. It might be a pastor. It might be somebody that you've never met. You might have heard somebody on the radio or watched somebody on television or maybe you listened to a podcast and it was like the things just started kind of coming into, into, into focus at that moment. It might be somebody that you have long since lost track of or it might be somebody that is currently in your life. It could have been, uh, it could have been a spouse. It could have been a parent. Who was it that led you to come to know Jesus as your savior. With that question and with that thought in our mind, I want us to just walk through chapter 8 and see some of the high points of this after chapter of Esther. Look what it says. Esther chapter 8 verse 1. It says, "On that day, King Ahasuerus gave to Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was to her, and the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. At this point in the story, what we see is that Esther and Mordecai are saved. They are restored, and they're even blessed. Esther is given the the, um, inheritance, the estate of Haman, all that Haman has, has collected. Esther is given. Mordecai is given the signet ring of Ahasuerus, which means that he is second in command in the empire, and anything that he says shall be decreed and sealed with that signet ring. Esther, in her relationship to Mordecai, says, you know what? I want Mordecai to actually have control over the estate of Haman. So there's a lot of things that happen right here at the beginning. There is a, a blessing. There is a, a passing on. There is a, a, almost a removal of Haman from the, from the record. He is completely um, gone. He has been executed, but now even his, his memory is being blotted out. Verse 3, it says, Then Esther spoke again to the king. She fell at his feet and wept and pleaded with him to avert the evil plan of Haman the Agagite and the plot that he had devised against the Jews. You may be wondering, wait a minute, I thought that his plot was revealed and everything was reversed. Wait, no. See, in the Persian mindset, once an edict or a, or a law had been passed or, or something had, had been decreed, it could not be reversed. So now Esther is saying, wait a minute. I'm saved, but my people, 
the Jewish people, they are still at risk because Haman sent out the word that they were to be annihilated. When the king held out the golden scepter to Esther, Esther rose and stood before the king. And she said, if it please the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and if the thing seems right before the king, and I am pleasing in his eyes. That's a lot of ifs, by the way. Let, or, let an order be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who were in all the provinces of the king. For how can I bear the calamity, bear to see the calamity that is coming to my people? Or how can I bear to see the destruction of my kindred? Uh, Esther pleads for her people. Uh, Let a new decree be sent out. Let Let a replacement decree be sent out. Let my people be protected. The king holds out the scepter, meaning that he accepts her into his presence. And she begins to plead, how can I, even though I am saved, how can I let my people perish? Ahasuerus agrees with her. And he basically says what, what we've said is that, you know, that, that he can't reverse, but there is a new decree that can be written. And he, and he gives her permission through Mordecai, feel free to make any edict that you want. Proclaim whatever you feel like you need to proclaim. Let the people hear what they need to hear. And so that's exactly what happens. In verse 10, it says, And he, being Mordecai, and he wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed it with the king's signet ring. Then he sent the letters by mounted couriers riding on swift horses that were used in the king's service, bred from the royal stud, saying that the king allowed the Jews who were in every city to gather and to defend their lives. To destroy, to kill, and to annihilate any armed force of any people or province that might attack them, children and women included, and to plunder their goods. On one day, throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, the proclamation is made. And the proclamation is not necessarily that the people of God will not be fought against and will not be attacked, but it is simply made that when they are attacked, they are allowed and permitted and encouraged to defend themselves. I'm not exactly sure, when I read that, I'm not exactly sure what they would have done if that edict wouldn't have been made. Would they have just said, well, there was an edict, and so therefore, kill us. I'm not exactly sure how that would have happened. But now, without a doubt, they are allowed and permitted and even ordered to defend themselves. The people of God were not to be trifled with. The people of God were very strong in their military might. And it is very likely and understood that if they are attacked and they defend themselves, they will be the overcomers. They will be the winners. And so that's exactly what was, what was promoted. And it was not just promoted. It was promoted through swift horses. It was promoted through swift couriers. It was the Amazon Prime of the day, if you will. They wanted to get this message out. They wanted it to be one day delivery. They wanted to make sure that everybody heard this decree has been made. Do not mess with the Jewish people. Verse 13, a copy of what was written was to be issued as a decree in every province being publicly displayed to all peoples and the Jews were to be ready on that day to take vengeance on their enemies. So the couriers, this is the Amazon prime of the day, mounted on their swift horses that were used in the king's service, rode out hurriedly urged by the king's command and the decree was issued in Susa the citadel. 
What it is said is that there was a decree that was made that the Jews were to, to defend themselves, but they did not keep that decree to themselves. They made sure that it went out over all of the land, that everybody heard it. In every city, in every province, in every land, in every person, in every family, nobody was to attack the Jews because if you did, they were going to defend themselves and it wasn't going to work out well for you. Verse 15. It says, then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white with a great golden crown and a robe of fine linen and purple. And the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province and in every city, wherever the king's command and his edict reached, there was gladness and joy among the Jews, a feast and a holiday. And many from the peoples of the country declared themselves Jews. They decided they were, they were going to join the family. They declared themselves Jews for fear of the Jews had fallen on them. Everywhere that the message went, there was great rejoicing. There was great gladness. There was great joy. Let me summarize. Esther, by the revelation of the plot of Haman... And Esther, by her own doing, Esther is saved. Isn't that good? But she's not okay to allow only herself to be saved. Instead, she needs to make sure that the message goes out to the people. She is, yes, she is saved. She is delivered. She is going to be okay. Her uncle, Mordecai, he's going to be okay. But it's not enough. She wants that message to be sent out To all the people. And she wants not only herself to be saved, but she wants her people to be saved. She wants her people to be delivered. The message is proclaimed. It is sent throughout the land. And everywhere that they hear the message of deliverance, there is great rejoicing. There is a party that's happening. Why is that important and what does it say to us? We actually have a lot of ways that we can relate to this story. You see, there has also been a, an order of death that has been placed over us. It's called sin. The Bible says that everyone... Everyone, 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 everyone. That's you, that's me, that's everyone. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one person in this room that has never sinned. And by our sin, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. We, as people, by our sin, by our rebellion against God, the order over our lives is an order of death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God through Jesus Christ is that we might be saved. That we might have life through Jesus. Y'all, we are Esther. Every one of us. Our death has been ordered and issued And yet Jesus steps in and says, no, wait, no, wait. 
They are to be pardoned because my death will serve as theirs. I am willing to stand in the way. And what do we do when we hear that message? We should rejoice when we hear that Jesus has given his life for us. We should rejoice. Friends, we have been saved. We should be so overjoyed by that. The king, the king of the universe, the king of heaven has granted us pardon by Jesus. We have been pardoned by the king because of Jesus. We have that in our hands. It is a glorious thing. We have been saved. The king has granted us pardon. The good news has been decreed. It is right here for us to read. It is on the tip of our tongue. It is in in so many different areas. We could find it everywhere. The message of Jesus is available to all of us. The message of Jesus is available to you, to me. The, the, The good news has been decreed, established, and sent out so that others can hear it. And everywhere that the good news is proclaimed, every person who hears the message of Jesus and understands it and receives it, the result of that is great rejoicing. We rejoice over what God has done for us. We are like Esther. We are a a people that have been saved. We are a people that rejoice. We are a people that recognize that Jesus has given his life for us. And therefore, our sin has been wiped clean. Our lives have been made new. Our forgiveness has been granted. We have a place in heaven, not because of anything we've done, but because of everything he did. What a glorious message that is. We are that person. And yet, we are not. Because you see, Esther did not wait. She did not hold the message to herself. And yet so many of us do. I ask you, how are we sharing the good news of Jesus Christ? How? How are you sharing the good news of Jesus Christ? You see, Esther, when she was pardoned, when she received life, when she received deliverance, when she received the, 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 the opportunity to say, I am not going to die, she did not wait at the risk of her death. She went back into the king and said, I must plead for my people. And yet, we have had a tendency in our lives to be a people that are so overjoyed by the gift of God, so exhilarated by the fact that Jesus died for us, so happy that we have a home in heaven And yet the question must be asked, 
How are we sharing that news with someone else? See, friends, we we have become the we have become excuse me we have become the reservoir of the grace of God. A reservoir is something that takes a river and collects all the water, rather than being the conduit of the grace of God. That thing that the grace passes through to someone else and to somewhere else. We must recognize that our job. Our calling is not to hold on to what Jesus has done, but to help others see it. How are we sharing the good news? Who is coming to faith in Jesus because we are willing to tell someone about it? I'll ask you this. When was the last time that you had a conversation with somebody about Jesus. And if right now you're trying to rack your brain, that's not good. The moment where, where we had a conversation with somebody about Jesus the last time should be right on the tip of our tongue. It should be, oh yeah, I remember just the other day. I was talking with such and such, and we were talking about this. How are we sharing the good news And if we don't, who will? I started this message by saying, who was it that told you? I'll ask you this question. What if they would have acted like you act? What if they would have shared the message of Jesus like you share the message of Jesus. Maybe you hear that and you're like, I love that because I am very bold in my, in my sharing of the message of Jesus. I, I maybe, maybe you hear that and you're like, yes, please. I'm glad that they shared the message of Jesus like I do. Maybe you are there. But I dare say, and the statistics would tell us, that most, most believers in Jesus a large percentage of believers in Jesus will go their entire life as a Christian never leading even one other person to believe in Jesus. That is a sad statistic, isn't it? But you know what? We can argue against it, but the only way we can argue against it is by actually doing it. Sharing the message of Christ. Friend, we are not, I said this in the first service, we have become the sponge that just collects the water of salvation in Jesus Christ. And do you know what happens when a sponge continually collects water and collects water and collects water and collects water? What happens to that sponge? It gets moldy and nasty and is not worth anything, should just be thrown out. Every once in a while, you got to take a sponge and you got to squeeze it out a little bit. You've got to take what's inside and you've got to share it with somebody else. Friends, we need to be squeezed. <laughs> we need to share the message of Christ with someone else. Someone needs to hear it. Someone needs to hear the message of Jesus. 
And I'm just believing that it might be you that needs to share it with them. You see, Jesus came. And he died on the cross for me. And he died on the cross for you. And he lived a perfect life. And he offers to us salvation. And when we receive him, it should so overwhelm our life that we have nothing to do but to share that message with someone else. I told you a moment ago in that baptism, this past week I was sitting down with this family and, and, the, and, and Mackenzie said, when he said, I'm going to get baptized, he said, oh, I'm just bursting. You know what? We should all be bursting. Because with Jesus in our heart, how can we hold it to ourselves? How can we hold it to just me? When was the last time that you told somebody about Jesus? How about we make sure that it's not another week? God has put somebody on your heart even right now. Don't back down. Tell that person what it means to give your life to Jesus. Share with them your story of giving your life to Jesus. We must be the people that are willing to receive the pardon of God through Jesus Christ and to share it with others. Amen? Mm. I, I had somebody come up to him a minute ago uh, after our first service. He said, this is one of those, uh, this is one of those sermons where you got to either say amen or ouch. I agree. I agree, and I'm right there with you. But let's be the people that are willing to take the message of Jesus and to share it in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in countries we've never been to, in, in family groups, in friend groups, in, in our schools, in our businesses. Let's share the message of Jesus with the people that we come into contact with because, friends, the message of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, and we are called to share it. Amen or ouch? Yeah. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your willingness to speak to us. God, thank you for your word. And God, I just pray in these next few moments that you will continue to show us your direction for our lives. Let us be honest with you. Holy Spirit, would you convict our hearts? As you continue to pray, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. Maybe you're here today and this message has been really convicting and you know that there's somebody that you need to be bold with, that you need to share the message of Jesus with. I would just simply like to pray for you. If that's you, you say, yeah, I, I, I've kind of backed down. I haven't been as bold as I need to be and there's somebody in my life that I need to share this message with and I'm just praying that God would give me an opportunity and if he would give me an opportunity, I'm making a commitment right now that I would step through that door and I would make sure that they heard the message of Jesus. I just want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just simply raise your hand up? I need to be bold in sharing the message of Jesus. Yeah. Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? That's awesome. 
Father, just over these hands that are being raised, would you just give us boldness and allow us to know that you're working? God, it's not our words, it's your words. God, just over hands that are raised, God, we just, we just pray that you would encourage us and let us not back down. And then maybe in this room you've, you say, I, I, I actually need that message. <laughs> I'm glad that I was here today because I heard it. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, but maybe this moment right here, right now, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to believe in him. You need to trust him as your savior. You've never done that, but you want to. I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer of what it means to give your life to Jesus. If you've never prayed to receive Christ as your savior, but you want to right now, again, would you just simply lift your hand up in the air? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to do it right here, right now. Amen. Anyone else? I want to give my life to Jesus right here, right now. This is your moment. Yeah, awesome. Anyone else? I want to give my life to Jesus. I've never done it before, but I want to. I want to right now. Awesome, yeah. Amen. Amen. If you raised your hand, or maybe if you didn't, I just want to lead you in a simple word of prayer that asks Jesus to come into your heart. It's not the words of this prayer that are somehow magic. It just, it just simply puts words to an expression of your heart. So I hope that you'll believe these words in, the, in your heart and not just say them with your mouth. But we want to just pray this prayer out loud. So all across the room, we're going to pray all together. Everybody in this room, would you just simply repeat these words after me? Dear Jesus, I come to you a sinner. I need you in my life. So I'm inviting you to come in. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live for you. I accept you today as my Savior and as my Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church, all across this room, there were people just now that said, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? So good to see that. If that was you, or maybe if you just have something that you want to talk about, we would love to talk with you about what God's doing in your life. Let's take a few moments. We're going to sing a song of of praise to close, and then our pastors will be down here at the end of the service, and we'd love to talk with you about what God's doing in your life. Would you stand with us, and let's sing this closing song. Caught up in your presence And I just want to sing See